You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. From the kickoff to the shootout, we're amped up, we're ramped up. For a breakaway from a set play, it's a give and go. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host with me, as always, my friend and colleague, a man who was fined for not leaving the podcast in a timely manner last week. It's Harrison Crow. Say hey to everybody, Harrison. Well, you know, it was really confusing with us trying to diagnose whether or not it was Mm -hmm. a red card. Did Mm -hmm. I purposefully touch your face? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, really, because I touched your face, and that was a red... Wouldn't it be weird if I touched your face? That would be a weird thing. That would be a weird thing to do, even... (laughs) Did you see this? Did you see what the the Major League Soccer Disciplinary Committee has done now? Now, look, I don't want to argue over whether or not it was a red card, Okay. By, by the letter of the law. Yeah. Reasonable people can have different viewpoints on this. It was a red card by the letter of the law. I think it's a silly law. I think it's a law that needs some room for interpretation. I think this isn't even the worst example of it. I think, like, remember when Kaka, like, ruffled yes. his old teammate's yes. hair? Yes. Actually, I had, a, I had someone on, on Twitter on L, from LAFC side yeah. uh, said that that was the worst thing that they've seen since that uh, situation happened. Do you remember and when that Sebastian was... Javinko romantically put his hand on an opponent's cheek? Like a nice Italian man? Off. Now, look, I don't want players getting hit in the face. We don't have to be... We're not... Well, I don't know. It seems like a kind of thing where we can make a decision as humans, whether a player is putting a nice hand on a face, an accidental hand on a face, whether a player jumps into another player's hand with their face, or a player tries to hit a person in the face, okay? Remember Kelvin Leonam like two years ago against Montreal and he slapped that guy? Last year, yeah. No, and Send him sla- off. Send yeah, him off. Absolutely. Totally 1,000. Because you know what's funny? That was where my mind went when this situation occurs. Because yeah. Leonam, it was really innocent. But it was still a slap in the face. Like he meant to slap him. It yeah. w- it wasn't hard. It wasn't like super. Wasn't wanting to deal uh, like permanent damage or anything. But he was he was a little li- bit livid, and he, he hit somebody. He gave face. him a slap in the face, and it was that intentional? was intentional. That it was, was like, face? hey, there is a duel about to happen. We're gonna go take pistols. <laughs> he, did, he did. He just needed a glove, and that would have been fine. And it would have been hockey. It would have been great. But anyway, but it was still a red card. That. that was still now a red card. the disciplinary committee has fined young Christian Roldan, an upstanding young man in this major league of soccer, for failing to leave the field in a timely manner when Ted Uncle red carded the wrong player. You know, I like to believe on this show that we're. It's not that we're. We don't have bias. It's that we we're very aware of our bias. And that's kind of what helps this show. I am a Christian Roldan <laughs> number one fan supporter. That is true. But I, I'm saying, give him the red card. It's the it's the law. I think it's a silly law, but it's the law. He should have been sent off for what he did according to the laws of the game. But this is silly. No, Tell Uncle I, waved a I, red card at like three Seattle players. I I I, I just as Christian Roldan's fantasy manager, game. this ruined my week. 
<laughs> so I'm very mad about that. But even understanding all that, I accept that it was a red card and that he should have been sent off according to law. But this fine, that's just silly. Come on, disciplinary committee. What are you what are you doing? How could anybody watch that video and come to the conclusion that, yeah, no, that's good. That's cool. Yeah, he probably deserves I'm sure it's like $500. I don't know. It's the principle of the thing, Harrison. It is. It's the principle. <clears throat> I will say I watched the game today um, just because I, I, I kind of generally uh, have all the games play throughout the week, uh, mm -hmm. just kind of trying to catch bits and pieces. I honestly, that whole scrum didn't really last as long as what I had thought in my mind. Um, no, so I'm, I, I, I am a little surprised at that because I did have it up, and I remember walking out, uh, going to go, go fax a couple of things. Yes, we still fax things. Don't sure. but let's that's let's not get onto that. Uh, but I come back and it was over. And we're talking about maybe two minutes or so. Yeah. I, 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 it lasted much less amount of time than what I would have thought. I don't think I would have been okay if Seattle was fine for um, or warned for mass confrontation. That would have made sense on mm. some level. Mm -hmm. um, mm. But. Eh. I think teams skate on that. I think teams really should be buckled down on mass confrontation. That's my there. There's a hot take. I think every team does mass confrontation just about every week, and they get away with it. They should be fined. There you go. That's good. Nani was fined this uh, this past uh, this week for embellishment. I thought that was great. Yeah. I think that I think <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. <clears throat> well, no, nobody is. But <laughs> I like the fact that they're. You know, coming back and finding people for embellishment where the referees look. ESPN just put up something yesterday or two days ago about you know referees are humans too. Uh, they have, on the ESPN Plus they have a little like three minute videos on pro referees and you know they're providing their their insight to how they view the game. You know, a little short snippet. And I get it. <clears throat> I totally get that they can't see everything. Yeah. But that's why we're supposed to be enabling them with you know the disciplinary committee and when they make you know questionable calls yeah in, in uh, we, 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 we've hit we've nailed this one nailed it crushed yeah. it fix it mls no i don't care christian Orlando's pretty rich now i think he got a new contract so it's not gonna matter all right what did you want to talk about today harrison what did you what, what do you think we should discuss in well, this well i i, I i'm you... all hot and bothered my dander is all the way up okay do you, do you not use head and shoulders i do <laughs> okay well i'm very sensible well you know my dander like all right so dandruff. here we go topic number one and i threw these out on twitter like yeah. seriously we're gonna we're gonna talk about stuff if you listen to the show you communicate with us on twitter throw us you know your feedbacks on whether or not we we're, we're going to discuss bad questions or bad topics or if you'd rather us you know incorporate one of your topics let us know yeah. uh topic number one la galaxy have the highest points per game in mls that number one is shocking uh at 2.44 the they question like less games yeah they played one less game than uh lafc okay well, I mean, it's yeah. an unbalanced, it, or it is a balanced schedule, but it's not. Um, huh? Anyways, the question that I have that I think that we can discuss is, is it sustainable? And can they compete for a supporter shield? No, of course it's not sustainable. What do you mean? That well, would be a crazy right, so amount of points to get. Like, that's, that would be like a historically good amount of points, right? 
Well, yeah, it would be historic. I mean, like, so 2.44 points, yeah, that's not sustainable at all. Um, over 23 years in MLS, we've seen, I don't know, like five, six teams uh, average over 2 points per game. And the Galaxy are one of them, right? Galaxy, yeah, 98 LA Galaxy. Probably a couple had, of times. Well, uh, actually only the one. Okay. They never did it again. They had 1.98, I think, in... 2014 that epic team uh that that won i think the last year that they actually won their uh won an mls cup mm-hmm. did they win in 2015 no mm-hmm. the uh the timbers did um so yeah the last year that they had it they had a really high points per game but uh the highest so far is going back to 1998 la galaxy had 2.13 points per game that was in 32 games and there was uh, no draws in that game or in that era, right? Are so you, wait, not the it had to again, huh? Oh, 2.13 in 98, 98 Galaxy. Sorry, I thought you were talking about 2014 Galaxy. I was like, no, a, they, no, it was not that long ago. Yeah, okay. Yes, 1998. That is a different sport. I do. I, I you have to draw a line somewhere in the sand there. I, I, I respect <clears throat> history, but those records are crazy because of that no draw thing. I agree. And, you know, you even go back to, like, the Miami Fusion and San Jose when they both had over two points per uh, game in 2001, 2005. There's some hijinks with that, kind of. Um, So, I mean, we can even skip over those. Not that we want to isolate that and take away what those teams did, um, but we kind of want to relate to the present incarnation. There were, like, three good teams in those leagues. (laughs) There were, like, nine good players in all of MLS at that time. It was a different game, Harrison. I, I don't know if that's fair, but it was a different game. I, I will yeah. totally give you it was a different game. Now, since even 2015, there has been three teams that have done it. And, of course, that's the last two years. It was Atlanta and New York that did it last year, and then Toronto the previous year. It's possible, considering how like dynamically unkind <laughs> uh, life has been for teams in the Eastern Conference and the Gulf that is kind of in the Western Conference right now, that we have two, maybe even three teams put up more than two, point, two points per game. We have, okay, so you know and I did, I went to our AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com slash ASA-XCOLS, which is where you get to the interactive table, Okay. And I clicked this little button here that said Home Adjusted. Now, Harrison, I don't know what that does, <laughs> but it changes all the points for game. And I'm theorizing that what it does is that it, it, it sort of tries to equalize for home games since that's such a big deal in Major League Soccer. Well, it not only uh, not really home games so much as road games, right? Yeah, we yeah. want to we want to equalize home games uh, because there's a pretty big advantage, but we also want to equalize those road games, like teams like the Portland Timbers who are playing primarily on the road right now because, you know, their their park is, you know, Providence Park or whatever it's called now, uh, is, you know, obviously being upgraded. They're doing work to it, so mm-hmm. they're, they're mm-hmm. not playing games. We want to know how good they are and, and really how bad they are relative uh, to the fact that they're playing all their games on the road. You know, there's a dramatic difference uh, in that. And MLS is one of the few leagues in which playing on the road uh, consistently has – a, a real effect, a real negative effect. So I did this, okay. And LAFC has 2.30 <coughs> points per game. The Los Angeles Galaxy have 
And Portland has 1.26, which is better than RSL, SKC, San Jose, Vancouver, and Colorado. So there you go. There now you, you go. know, guys. So I, I think that, yeah, it's it's really early in the year. I think LA have mostly played home games, right? Is that what we can learn from this? I mean, they have played a, a few home games. They've, you know, uh, among other things, they, they've, they've had a lot of penalties as well. Um, so, I mean, if you look at the supporter shield right now, uh, on so staying with the interactive graph, six right? home games, three away games. Okay, that's twice as many home games as away games. True, true. Um, so, and going out the rest of the year, what that does is, as we talk about what they're going to do the rest of the year, you know, they only have eleven game home games left, uh, which you know kind of changes their trajectory a little bit. But if you look over on the interactive graph, we now have, thanks to Matthias Kulowatz and his uh, endless hours of uh, programming, uh, on the interactive graph, we have predictions and playoff seedings. Mm-hmm. Right now, LA Galaxy are considered second and really <clears throat> the only other rival to LAFC in the Sporter Shield probability rankings. But... And it's important to note that these are crazy and take into account last year and are still based on not a ton of games yet. We're not even halfway there. These can change a lot within a game or two. I would expect them to, yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, you look at – just look at uh, Seattle's open play metrics, right? Um, As of two weeks ago, they were in the upper middle table. Um, so probably mm-hmm. sitting about like, uh, I want to say eighth or ninth, um, in terms of open expected, open play expected goal differential after playing LAFC twice and having a bad game against San Jose, they're now last in the league and expected goal differential from open play. Yeah. And like Montreal is really bad too, because of all the, that one game where they yeah. lost six nothing and Atlanta has a 71.6% chance to make the playoffs. So there you go. Well, again, incorporating last year. Um, incorporating helps. last year, obviously, there. So, you know, it's an interesting model, and it's one to keep an eye on, like, as we go, but I certainly think probably not a... Um, that's weird. Certainly not, like, a... Uh, don't go to Las Vegas with this just yet. Don't go to Las... That's my... Well, go to Las Vegas. I will say 538, you know, uh, does also have LA Galaxy as the second team behind LAFC also. Really... But between our model and their model, the two LA clubs are the only ones really in the running for the Supporter Shield presently. You know, obviously that might change. We're a quarter of the way through the season, but that's what something to Lott watch. What if Ibrahimovic gets hurt? I think we talk about that in our Q and A questions here at the okay. at the end of the pod. But um, yeah, no. So uh, that's kind of the butt in all this, right? Because they're getting a ton of penalties right now from Zlatan who mm-hmm. um, either they forget to mark him or they just simply bear hug him and fall on top of him uh, in the box it, it's it, it's kind of gotten to be ridiculous how they come about penalties mm-hmm. but they're just getting a ton of good fortune right now in those set pieces in those penalties yeah and it's kind of carried them on and so um, the model here isn't going to distinguish uh, that information just yet I don't believe so it's not the way it at least that's not how i read it um so yeah it, it it's not going to necessarily say well is that 
Zlatan going to continue to get PKs? Are they going to continue to outpace that defense that, honestly, their defensive unit has been better, but LA Galaxy still doesn't have a great defense. It, it's, it's probably a little bit below average. Um, well, which is got, improvement from last year, but... Yeah, and they've got Giancarlo coming in, you know. Yeah, um, and he's supposed to improve uh, that defense, but, I mean, he's had 14 games, or 14 minutes so far in three games. Um, kind of have to wonder when he's going to be healthy to start. Then you're also going to see uh, uh, Julian uh, Araujo, who is a U.S. youth international, and mm-hmm. is probably going to mm-hmm. play at the U-20 uh, World Cup, but he got injured after two games and you know how much he's going to have availability the rest of the year is entirely in in flux so at a certain point in time supporter shields is equally about how talented you are as much as how lucky you are um you just kind of ask sporting kansas city about that now this is true this is true do you know who's having a quietly prolific season for the los angeles galaxy uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah, I, that wasn't who I was thinking, but I guess he's he's been pretty good. I, I was going to say Rolf Felcher. Rolf Felcher is having a very very good uh, season. Uh, yeah. Kind of sad he got injured, but yeah, no, he's having. Uh, he's back. He's back. Is he back? He was back last week. I didn't see that he played. Okay. I was surprised too. I thought he was going to be out a lot longer, but then I looked at the lineup sheets, and there he was, Rolf Felcher, right back. Well, good for him, right? Yeah, good for him, good for the LA Galaxy. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think it's a lot to ask to keep this particular pace. Do I think that the LA Galaxy can compete for the supporter shield? Sure. I don't see why not. They're certainly in there. We can have a big LA duel to the end. Uh, no one else seems to be uh, interested, so uh, why not? Um, but but uh, it's going to be a big ask with LAFC, I think. I think LAFC have more overall going forward than LA do and so they'll be a little bit more mitigated to injuries um, even an injury to Vela would be horrible but I don't think nearly as catastrophic as an injury to Zlatan would be and I think Zlatan's a lot more likely to get injured so uh, we'll see we'll see how it all goes down as the season progresses but uh, good job on the LA Galaxy for being a lot better this year than they have the last two years uh, 2.44 points per game no not sustainable yeah, well, I mean, so ultimately the idea is can they continue to to be a supporter shield team? I think that's yeah. more the sustainability question. Yes, and I think yes. we kind of come down to, come down in in the positive gray area which is uh maybe uh potentially they can, uh but they they still have to have some things go their way. Harrison, do you know what my three pillars of MLS success are? <clears throat> have we talked about this before? No, I don't believe so. Okay, well, you don't, you don't read my award-winning column either, obviously, because I talk about it a lot in my award-winning columns. Uh, but the three pillars of MLS success are health, wealth, and luck. And uh, health, health and luck are kind of the same thing, aren't they? No, I mean, there's a lot of other luck things that go on in well, soccer. that's true. Person. Okay, fair enough. We look at health. Okay, so far LA has that. Wealth, obviously, a lot there. Both LA teams have that. And luck. Getting those penalties, getting those decisions to go your way, getting those balls to bounce in your direction. So far, LA Galaxy have had a lot of that. So they're certainly, they're hitting all three powers, uh, pillars of MLS success. No, I, uh, that's, that's very astute. I like yep. it. All right. Uh, let's move on to another topic. Uh, what have you got for us out east? 
Yeah, so I, I know how much you, f- how closely uh, yeah. you follow the Montreal Impact. I do uh, follow them. I'm, I'm doing it this year. I'm following them a lot more closely. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of been a theme. Uh, we've neglected the Montreal impact a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And presently, they are tied in first, uh, for first in the East. So, you- even with Toronto coming in and having more home ga- uh, more games in hand, they still have more home games left than Toronto. Can Montreal compete against Toronto, DC, maybe Philly? Uh, their underlying numbers say no, but I will also say that their uh, underlying numbers are completely out of whack because they still haven't equalized from that uh, beating they took to SKC. Um, I don't think they're that good. I mean, I think they're a mid-table team. I think they're an upper mid-table team, a playoff team. I think that's where they always are. I think that's about where they are again. Uh, but more to the point is we're doing this without Ignacio Piatti. So hats off to uh, Le Blues. That's pretty good, man. I did not know they were that high up. They are. Look at that. Yeah. Know, it, well, and I think you're right, right? Like the, the part of me is like their underlying numbers are, are kind of a crapshoot right now because it's a mixture of um, the SKC result as well as I think they also had another game that didn't really go very well for them. Um, so you have two really heinous results that are kind of clouding the numbers. Um, but then you look at the fact that they they're where they're at without their two best players and on, uh, you know, Safir Tider and uh, Ignacio Piatti. Um, Tider's been playing. Tider's, Tider's good. Tider's been playing injured. And on top of that, yeah. they expect him to be out for, for a couple more weeks. So, hmm. Um, if you've kind of been noticing, hey, um, so this was this came up on uh, I don't remember what podcast it was that uh, basically um, they kind of might have mentioned, oh yeah, well that gro- that uh, that gro- I don't know if it was a groin pull or if it was a leg uh, muscle pull or some kind. Basically, um, they thought he was help- more healthier than what he sh- was, and he kind of maybe embellished that he was better off than what he was and then when he re-injured it mm. um it kind of came up and was like wow this is way worse after going through the scans and they're like, he's like oh yeah i've kind of been maybe saying that i'm better than what i actually am uh, that was good this year yeah uh, he, he has been and and to be to be fair he was really really good last year yeah. um and and so it's good to see him continue on with that i think they get both of those players back and you know they added Omar Brownie, who now Omar Brown looks good, man. That kid looks legit. He was great in the CCL. He, well, like, he played sixty minutes this past weekend. He beat four defenders off the that dribble. Was a, that was a silly. He, that was a debut goal for the ages, man. That was crazy. He had a, an incredible shot, <coughs> and he still no angle. Cre- and still he created two opportunities for other teammates. Yeah, if Tyner's so, going to be missing, I guess you can slot Omar Brown up there, up in the upper left maybe, or swap some guys around, get him in the upper right, wherever you want as the like, kind of wide attacking player that works. Yeah, it will. I mean, even if you sw- put him over on the right so that as soon as uh, Piotti gets healthy, he's, you know, Piotti slots in on the left, and then you have Tyner in the middle, that's a really good attack. And the fact that you still have a Rudy there who has missed a couple games early on this season as well, 
mm-hmm. due to red card and, and injury. But you've got, um, yeah, and you've got kind of some our nice random collection of pretty good backups there, too. Montreal's a weirdly, like, kind of, like, look at a player like Anthony Jackson Hamill, who's like, you know, he's, he's not an all-star, but he's good. Like, it's yeah. a nice backup to have. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if you're going to need a backup striker, you could do worse than, than Anthony Jackson. Uh, that new guy, uh, Anquano. Boy, that is not the right name. Uh, or I know, Anquo, I, I know who you Anquano. mean. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know who you decent mean. In his in his time, uh, I think Montreal are. Uh, I think a lot of people really sold a lot of stock on that Kansas game, and that's understandable considering how uh, bad that was. Um, <laughs> well, and and to take that a bit further, I don't think Evan Bush is a good defender or a good goalkeeper. He's fine. He's not great. I don't. He, think he, he I think. Do I think he's in. I think he's in the bottom third. Okay. I think he's in the bottom third of of keepers, but that's just my opinion. Um, I, I'd be more than happy to have that debate with other people. That said, I don't think their defense is horrible. I think it's pretty average. And if they can pull their attack out of the dumpster, which to be perfectly, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be cruel. It's just it's not been good. It, they've gotten yeah. lucky, and, and you just you just quoted your your three pillars of success, and I kind of feel like one of, they they've been getting by with health, uh, with a lack of health, and they've already kind of invested in players this year. So mm-hmm. I mean, if they can continue on with that luck and they can get players healthy, yeah, I think that you know what, who's just East is a tire fire, man. I wouldn't bet against Montreal right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I would not either. And uh, Montreal have also gotten to that point of the season where they've given up on Victor Cabrera again, much to my, my utter chagrin. Um, no, because you know what? You, you forget that second that second like uh, win that he'll get in July. He will. He where will he'll, like, he'll get five starts in a row and yep. then be benched again. And then be benched again. And that's, like, that's on schedule for like July. <laughs> I'm eagerly right. looking forward to watching Victor Cabrera play his crazy brand of soccer and, and and he's going to have about 10 to 20 defensive actions yeah he's gonna make some great game saving tackles and then he'll also get a red card and also slip uh right when a guy goes by him and maybe an own goal so i i have to ask you i i know you don't watch all the games um i don't watch all the games all nani the games. nani had a goal that was called off because of offsides this weekend mm-hmm. against new york city did you see that play um, <clears throat> no, actually, I didn't. I did watch that game, but I, I so did not. So you talked about Victor Cabrera slipping. Alexander oh, Cans. Oh, yes, yes. No, I saw that. <laughs> I know exactly. That was... I don't, know, I don't know how he did it. Yeah, that was... I, I bet no one was more grateful for that offside flag than Alexander Cans, man. That would have been a lifetime. That would have been on uh, Pablo Moore's, like, after these messages, we'll be right back compilation of MLS complete failures. That was uh, That was appalling. That was bad. Yes, I, I know exactly that goal. Oh my goodness! Uh, you just said that 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 triggered my mind. That's I had to. We had to say something about it because it, it just yeah. it yeah. That's I've seen that play like a do, half a dozen times on Twitter uh, yeah. going around, and it just yeah, it blows my mind how he did it. I forgot so. that got called back. Yeah, thank thank goodness that was that was. I forgot that ball actually ended up in the net as the result of all that. That would have been that would have been bad. You all and right. Tesho Akindeli both. Yeah, me and Tesho both. All right, uh, what's our third topic today, Harrison? Darwin Quintero. 
Oh, you he love the fact came, Darren Quintero. I love Darren Quintero. I, I, I have had a crush on him since he just did bad things to the Sounders back in 2011. It's he's He's been a fun guy to watch for a number of years, and having him mm-hmm. in MLS makes my life good. However, he came off injured against DC this week. Uh-oh. Uh, he's kind of been injured um, nursing an injury. He's been on the injured list, um, mm-hmm. even though he's played a majority of the games this year. Mm-hmm. I think they need to get him healthy. But the question that I, I pose to you, with 25 games left, good chunk, how many do they need him to play for them to reach the playoffs? And is he vital to them making the playoffs? Out of 25 games? Yeah. Uh, 25? 20, they played nine, so... 934, uh, 25. Yeah. Yeah. So then I would say, in order to make the playoffs, they need Quintero to play in 25 games. So are you kidding me? Are going to be? No, I don't know. Uh, I, I think there's some good uh, stuff going on in Minnesota. I, I think there's a, a real um, positive and, and forward momentum to this team I would not have expected, even with some, some really nice offseason signings. Um, I think that it's going to be very, very hard for them to stay in playoff pace without Darwin Quintero. Uh, certainly, if he misses more than 10 games, I think that's going to be impossible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I w- I'd want him to play 18 to 20 more games out of the 25. I, I think that's reasonable. No, I, 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 <clears throat> I, st- I kind of agree with you. I think 18 is probably that line, right, that yeah. they need him to play. But if that's the case, we're talking about seven games between now and Seven games. That's kind of a lot. That's mm-hmm. that's over a month. If I'm Minnesota, wouldn't I just sit him down until he's 100%? Because, I mean, look at it this yeah. way, right? Look at it this way. They have a really good defense. And so long as they don't absolutely all die um, and they stay somewhat healthy, they could probably pull 20 points out of 20 games. Can I say something about Minnesota's defense real quick that's not okay. on your thing? One of my new favorite players this year Oh yeah, mm-hmm. is uh, Romain Metzenayer, um, who has been pretty awesome for Minnesota this year. Uh, you know, probably not the world's most accomplished defender, but he's right back in the modern fame. Uh, going forward, he's been, he's been a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, I had to listen to a diatribe on his crossing the other day. Uh, no. I'm, I'm kind of done with with that. I I think he's a fun and exciting player. I will totally give you that. I'm I, I have him on my list. I think he makes he is, absolutely makes them a better team. And also, he's Malagasy, which is the word for someone from Madagascar, which I did not know until I learned about this player. So he also is educational. Wow, I didn't know that either. There you go. There you go. You, you always learn something on this podcast. It's wonderful. Right. All right. I think we have a question and answer segment. We finally. we do. We do. Okay. Which the cool is amazing. Thing, the cool thing is that uh, you guys actually gave us questions, and not all of them were sarcastic, which thank you to those Unlike that did the non-sarcastic the person questions. that edits our podcast who basically just berated us. Yeah, that's fine. So, thanks. That's fine. Um, yeah, so you want to leave the, you want to leave it? Yeah, this is off. a question um, from Twitter user at BitNomad, who is a, a, a good, a good, a good person on the Twitter. Um, 
who says, is DCU more dependent on Rooney than the Los Angeles Galaxy are on Zlatan? They, DC United, have one point in their last three home games and have been outscored uh, 6-0 in that time. Um, that's true. Uh, DC United have not had a great run of form as of late. Um, such things are uh, regrettable, I think. But are they more dependent on Rooney than the LA Galaxy are on... I think you can kind of. Uh, I, no, I think no, they're no way. Yeah, I think think you could definitely. Um, my first instinct was no, certainly it's Slotten, and I thought about it, and I went and looked at the numbers, and I was surprised. It is absolutely Slotten. <laughs> oh yeah, I I went ahead and pulled this up immediately because uh, one of our friends tweeted something about this, and I thought that was kind of crazy. But for XG per ninety six, Slotten one point one one. The next player on that list is Chris Pontius with zero point four zero. <laughs> um, so he's over double on that. The next guy is Roman Alessandrini with 0.20, who's out for the year. And then you've got Daniel Starez at 0.1. Like, no one else is even doing offense. No one else on this team is doing offense without him. No. Um, they are so dependent on, on Zlatan Ibrahimovic at the moment. Now, if he's gone, then obviously someone else is going to have more looks because, you know, they're going to still generate some looks with or without Zlatan. Uh, but boy, it's going to be a... I don't even know what that. Yeah, but I mean looks that's like, like looks yeah. by Emmanuel Boateng, and looks from Emmanuel Boateng are going to be Sebastian like Sebastian Legette. Oh, okay. I, <clears throat> I'll give you Sebastian Legette. Like and, I, I will give you him, but uh, Boateng is <laughs> not going to be able to penetrate. I mean, he has yeah. some moves, but they're not. They're wildly inconsistent. Like they wildly they're not going to. They're not going to consistently find you high leverage shots two three a game. They're going to find you crosses. Is what they're going to find you. Not very good crosses either. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Wayne Rooney is obviously an important part of DC United. I don't think that anyone can claim otherwise. I think that there are more um, I think there are more pieces to that DC United team than uh, Wayne Rooney, though. I think, obviously, uh, Acosta is, is a big one. Um, I think Rodriguez, that new guy, is a big one. I think Junior Marino is, is a big one, not offensively, but, but kind of as, like, this, um, uh, you know, Paul Ariola. Uh, you know, I, I think there's just more of a cast around me. Like more, more. I think that's more of an ensemble drama than LA, which is a, very much a star vehicle at this moment in time. There you go. There's some industry terms for you. Yeah, no, I, I oh, look, I don't worry so much as if the LA Galaxy lose Laton or the, I think they're more dependent upon Jonathan Dos Santos than they are anything because Jonathan Dos Santos has nearly 40 possession chains per 96 over double what Zlatan has. And while Zlatan is important to actually creating the shots, yeah. uh, you got JDS who's moving the ball into dangerous areas. And I don't think that they're able to do that consistently without him. All right, so just to, to compare, we've got Rooney here at 0.41 XG per game, um, and then Brillat 0.16, Acosta 0.15, uh, Ariel 0.12, Rodriguez 0.12. Uh, it's not obviously none of those players is as high as Latin's, uh ceiling is, but there's just more of a share of the expected goals burden of the goal scoring burden on the team than there is right now for LA. Um, I think even with Jonathan Dos Santos, as good as he's been, he's been very good. I think an LA Galaxy team without Zlatan looks very, very different, and um, I, I don't think they're nearly as good. It's probably true. Yeah. Um, do we have anything <laughs> else to say on that? No. Okay. At the dummy run ass, are the Quakes good now? Um. Can I can I take this one? 
Yeah, yeah, you can take this one. I think so. Does that does that is that does that suffice? You know what? Look, do you know what look, they started doing? So they started playing Junworth again. Just saying. Yeah. That, that might be it. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of these articles, and, and like my first instinct when when Dr. sent this was just no, no, they're not good now. So what they 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 looked you know semi intelligent against Seattle, who uh, I think Seattle just didn't have all the pieces to deal with them, and then you know they so they destroyed a Portland team that was bad, and you know they played really well against sporting well they destroyed sporting kansas city at home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know my mind kind of was like eh, i'm a little on i i'm not full in on all these articles that are saying wow the san jose is really good now it's like saying oh wow colorado is really interesting right now um look if you move all the filters and just focus on the month of April. Their numbers get really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, we're only talking about five games, but in those five games, they're sitting fifth in open play expected goal differential. They're look at uh, from even game states. They're third in expected goals for. They're not sitting back. They're taking the they're taking this game to the opponents, and it's working out really well i think there is um i think it's true i I think that they they are looking a little bit more interesting right now i think that's a fair word i don't know if i'm ready to call them good yet I, i think that there was enough of badness at the beginning that could come back into play at any point um should some of these uh you know things that are going their way stop going their way uh, like any team. But, uh, yeah, I think that they were kind of a joke to start the season. I certainly don't think they're that anymore. I think that they've definitely, um, you know, raised a number of eyebrows and for good reason, because it's not like they were playing really bad teams. Um, you know, they were, uh, they, they got results against some, some, some good sides. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm of the opinion that San Jose are certainly okay. And, and maybe, uh, on the cusp of good at this point. Okay, cool. Um, all right, next question. Curious if their San Jose man marking, curious San Jose's man marking messes with the stats performance in a significant way for other teams. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think that they, uh, it is a little unusual. They are playing a very like different kind of style of defense. Um, I don't think we really have enough yet to see. Uh, no, how, yeah, how that was kind of where I came silvers. down. But it's a, it's a good question. It's certainly one I want to look at again at the end of the year. Mm. Um, and that was from uh, at Michael A.R. Clark. Sorry, I didn't say that earlier. Um, uh, you know, I think, yeah, you're going to see, like, a lot of good individual defender stats, right? Like, defensive actions I think will look nice. Um, yeah, that, and that was kind of my, my summation. I think the duels that, you know, individuals went out are going to be a bigger thing in that in that capacity but aside from that i don't i I don't know if we have a signature that's all its own for that such as like you know teams that counter and bunker you know they they have a a tendency to kind of mess with their own expected goals both for and against yeah Um, yeah uh yeah i don't know we'll look at the game at the end of the year remind us uh michael ar clark on twitter uh as we get close to the end of the season to uh check on that again and we'll see if um 
we can find anything interesting out of that. I think we're just still a little bit too early to make a, a big a big wide sweeping proclamation on that. So, um, all right, our next question is from uh, at jcmac03. Is Justin Map a legend? Uh, I should say also because I don't think I've ever said this on this show, but uh, that, that that is my friend James Mack from my Total MLS days, and he is actually the voice on our intro that you hear introducing me and Harrison. Not a lot of people know that interesting factoid about James Mack. Um, now he said something stupid on Twitter the other day and very mean spirited about Justin Mapp not being a legend in Montreal, which was, you know, it was just hurtful, James. It was just hurtful. Um, I think James Mapp is obviously not, or Justin Mapp is obviously not a legend uh by all mls standards but for the montreal impact for a legends game come on man have a heart I, it, I he, he definitely stands out as far as the impact are concerned especially mm-hmm. when you look at like what he did when he when he showed up um as an ex- mls expansion team yes it, in some weird other dimension where he doesn't have all the knee injuries and all doesn't have all the all the leg and, and problems he probably goes on to be like a really good MLS player and maybe even a great MLS player. Mm-hmm. I think that he had the potential to take Brad Davis's spot in the 2014 World Cup. And that's a like, that's a very alternate dimension. I, I I don't think it's that I don't think that's that that crazy. Uh, I Brad Davis was good at one thing. Um, I think Justin Mapp was equally maybe not equally as good at that thing, but he had multi multiple dimensions. Um, but I would say that Brad Davis was brought specifically because he was a specialist at that one thing. Uh, I, I don't. <clears throat> maybe I, I. Who knows? I, I don't think we can actually get in and say why Brad Davis was taken because I don't even actually understand why he was taken in the first place. That being said, um, I he, look. He had so much sauce and he had so much. He was basically, and I wrote this in in my notes. Basically, he was the uh, probably the heir or co-heir to the Clint Dan- Clint Mathis white dude sauce crown. The Dempsey Mathis regime. You think he's like in there, huh? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I think he. I think he was. I will say this about Justin Mapp: that one time, um, back in the Copa Libertadores, back in like so long ago like the first time the u.s played in that um against argentina and argentina had Lionel messi and i was with my friend at a bar watching this game and they showed our lineup and it had justin map and my friend was like justin map justin map they got Lionel messi we got justin map a guy i probably went to high school with <laughs> really loud and everyone in the bar laughed and that's one of my favorite things about justin map is that he made my friend say that ridiculous thing um, and ever since then, I always think of Justin Mapp as the guy I went to high school with, even though I didn't. Um, but for a guy we went to high school with, Harrison, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good player. Uh, Honestly, certainly a legend. A legend on his own terms and in his own context, absolutely. Um, in the grand scheme of things, probably not. But, you know, what might have been had he been healthier? Uh, at an Andrew Winter ask, are the Rapids in for a historically bad year? I don't think so. Are they that bad? Maybe they're sitting slightly worse on goals against compared to any team in our data set or basically Mm -hmm. in MLS history. But the underlying numbers themselves think they kind of got a little bit of a bad draw, right? Um, I would expect their numbers to improve and kind of bounce back to reality, if ever so slightly. Oh, wow. Um, And I'm not saying they're, they're a good team. Uh, they are, in fact, a very bad team. Uh, By their coach's own admission. <laughs> By their, <laughs> you're right. Uh, but 
you know, they're probably not as bad as what San Jose was last year, um, who owns that crown, I believe, uh, in both ASA and MLS records. Yeah. Uh, and I think Colorado is a better attacking team. I think they're more talented in, in the attack, and I think they're probably a little bit more competent, um, which I think could help them um, as the season progresses, kind of uh, hold on to possession of the ball and maybe kind of uh, mitigate uh you know some of those some of those counterattacks and some of those bad situations that can catch a defense a bad defense uh, out. Yeah, it's um, it, it's you know I think they're missing Courtney Ford. Obviously, um, I, I think that the addition to Courtney Ford would not make that much of a difference, though. They're just not a great team right now, and they they haven't you know they're they're working on a project. There's a process there. I'm I'm led to understand. I don't understand it. I haven't for years but apparently it's working and I, I think the people that they have you know doing these things are analytically minded and uh, very interesting people so I have some hope that the Colorado Rapids will come good I always do say that on the show that I, I, I you know I really enjoy the, the team you know from a culture perspective he, and from a supporters perspective uh, but, but I, they're not necessarily terrible like I mean they are they are pretty bad. I am looking at the numbers. They, now. they, they the, are they're bad horrible. because again, they they've had some some bad situations, but you look at like their open play numbers. Their open play numbers aren't bad. They're not terrible. Like, yeah, I mean they're not they're not great. Or I should, yeah, they're not terrible. They are bad. They're not they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, historically bad. I don't know. I I hope not. I I don't think they deserve that. Um but Certainly, um, the West the, is tough right now, and that's where they're going to be playing a lot of their games. And we're looking at a kind of situation where there are like eight, nine good teams in the West compared to now usually they're like five. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, it could it's, be. It's going to be tough for them to. They, I mean, they're. I don't think they're a historically bad team in terms of talent. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they. I think the West being as loaded as they are, from Sporting to LAFC to LA Galaxy to Se- Seattle. And Houston, Houston. Um, Minnesota, even good kind of right now, and yeah, like there's just there's good teams in the West right now. It's, <clears> it's a tough Western yeah, conference. Even even if you're not a good team, you're just an attacking minded team, which I you know, um, I, I kind of think that, that plays more into your favor right now, but mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, yeah, uh, our last question is from at Simon T. Random other piece of feedback when searching for analysis evolved in podcast directories, Apple and Overcast, at least nothing comes up, have to search for American Soccer Analysis to find it. Well, that's because that's the name of the show. The show's not called The Analysis. It's this evolved well, show. Well, so, right. Oh, but, okay, I see. What, yeah, no, that is confusing. Um, so... I can. I don't know why uh, there's a difference. I would assume that American soccer analysis is too long of a word. Yeah, so that's how it started. We we called ourselves the analysis of all podcasts because American soccer analysis oh, was too long, and mm-hmm. then we slowly changed it to American soccer analysis. But the Twitter handle can't change because um, because it can't change. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, that's a good point. Don't search analysis evolved uh, because you will not find the show, uh, as it's called the American Soccer Analysis Show, uh, hosted by uh, Ian and Harrison. So um, I don't think you can type in Ian and Harrison either. I won't appear, but but certainly uh, you can. We can uh, try. Can try. I, Thank you for yeah. listening, Simon. I, I'm sorry you couldn't find it. That is annoying. I just realized that there is that weird difference, and I think it was used to be called the Analysis Evolved Show, but now 
is the American Soccer Analysis Show. I think we also say ASA Show a lot, too, so you might be able to do it that way. But American Soccer should get you there. I just tried on iTunes, and it did. Um, there we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for all your questions. That was rad. I like to do those little rapid-fire segments. Um, so uh, you can tweet questions to us at Analysis Evolved, but not at American Soccer Analysis. But you have to listen to the answers on the American Soccer Analysis. You know what? This is a lot harder than I thought it was, actually, Simon. I'm, you're right. You're right. This is confusing. All right, Harrison, do you have anything else today? I have nothing left, dude. <laughs> you have nothing left? All right. Uh, thank you all very much for listening and sending in questions and doing all that. We, we appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, you can uh, uh, find my friend, my colleague, my co-host, Harrison, on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Thank you, Harrison, for doing the show with me every week. You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Um, you can uh, follow our website at Analysis Evolved, uh, which is the website uh, for the uh, American Soccer Analysis Show, which is the show. Uh, you should visit the website. is www.americansocceranalysis.com. Interactive table. Uh, Load Expectations is back. It's been up every week. Um, we have my XN column up these days, uh, usually weekly. Uh, and I think we've got some content being uh, a little bit uh, teased this week. So we're going to have some good articles up uh, as this week continues. JR just wrote a really cool article. You should read that article. It's really cool about MLS salary cap and CBA stuff. Uh, if you're interested in that side of the game, even if you're not, just go read it anyway. Give it a click. Um, you can rate and review us on iTunes and other podcasting software. Uh, five stars, please. If you don't want to rate us five stars, just do something else with your time. Just be mean. Don't do it. It'll hurt our feelings. Uh, you can leave a review if you want. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you all very much. We'll see you next week. Until then, enjoy the soccer. Oh, you cried I thought you was laughing Hold up your head, baby And let me see If you want me to go Why are you weeping? Stop your crying, darling It'll be alright Honey, you know Baby, your tears get a hold on me, just like the wind caressing the trees. I want to kiss those tears away from your eyes. Stop your Put your coat on, get ready to go, baby. We're gonna stroll to the corner store. I'm gonna let you buy me something cold. Stop your crying, darling, it'll be alright. Honey, you know. Oh,